0: Sedano and LZ with you here on 710 ESPN. Coming up in a little bit, LZ, Dwayne Wade Mm -hmm. made some comments on our buddy Gilbert Arenas' podcast,
1: uh,
0: the No Chill podcast with No Chill Gil. Uh, He talked about LeBron, and I'm just going to summarize his quote. He says, now when I watch his games, I say, does he have a weakness in his game? I feel like he's the best LeBron that I've seen. That's saying a lot from a guy who played with him in his prime. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like, so... Uh, We'll hear some of Dwayne Wade's comments on the Gilbert Arenas podcast in a little bit. Mina Kimes will join us here in just a few moments, so we will chat with her. Uh, Don't forget, Super Week on ESPN LA is presented by Coors Light. Experience the first big game ad that only runs in your dreams. Check it out at CoorsBigGameDream.com. Thanks again to Scott Kaplan for joining us there. Uh, It's going to be Sedano, LZ, and Cap beginning on Monday after the uh, big game. So that'll be the afternoon show. And, and of course, Travis and Slee will be the new evening show. And you heard the intro there. Our girl Mina Kimes, you can check her out each and every weekday at 1 p.m. Pacific on ESPN on NFL Live. And, of course, the Mina Kimes show with Lenny is her podcast. Subscribe, rate, and review. Uh, then unsubscribe and resubscribe again and just help her subs, basically, even if you got to cheat a little bit. So Mina joins us here now. Mina, before I get – I wanted to talk to you about golf and and, and Stafford and all that stuff, but there is a story that is breaking now in uh, Las Vegas from the Las Vegas Review-Journal. Vincent Bonsignor uh, has a story up that says, multiple NFL sources indicate to me that Derek Carr is a hot commodity and is expected that multiple teams will pursue him via trade that could lead to the Raiders pursuing Deshaun Watson in a blockbuster trade. Uh, what do you make of Derek Carr as a commodity on the open market mm. after the Stafford trade, and how would you like a potential fit of Watson with the Raiders?
1: Well, I'd like a fit of Watson with any team like not named Kansas City. So um, the question is, you know, how much would they have to give up to – Acquire him, and and I think the Raiders are a team that the defense is not deep. Uh, there's a lot of holes on that roster. So while you still make the move for Watson if you can, um, they would not be. They're they're not one of the better position teams to do so, uh, and they're not you know picking as high in the draft as some of the other teams like Miami and New York that have also been linked with a potential trade this year. So. That side of it makes me wonder. Wow, how much? How many picks would it take? Would their players be involved? Um, it, it seems a little far fetched, but I'm not surprised to hear that they're in the mix or that Derek Carr is being floated as a, an asset that could be moved. You know, there's been rumors for quite some time that Gruden has been eyeing other quarterbacks, shall we say, and not entirely. Pleased with Carr, despite the fact that for most of the season he played at always at least an above average level and sometimes even like a top five or ten quarterback in the NFL. Um, but Carr's a funny one, guys. You know, he, he, despite the fact that every year statistically he outperforms, I think, his reputation, he just seems to hit a wall um, season after season. And uh, you know, they've surrounded him with talent. He's in a good situation. He's got really good skill players, bad defense. But I, I can see it, it's not unreasonable, I think, for a t- for the Raiders in particular to think, hmm, maybe we should try something different.
2: I can't tell right now if it's Carr or if it's Gruden. Because when we last saw Carr healthy in a good situation, he was an MVP candidate. And the last time he saw Gruden, he was being run out of Tampa Bay. And so when I look at the scenario right now, it's all, it reminds me a little bit of what happened with the Jets. You have this you know, this failing coach, and you got this player in Sam Darnold, and people are trying to, to decide who's going to stay. And I feel like hmm. it's only Gruden's contract that's eliminating the question. It's not performance.
1: Yeah. I think that's fair. I, I'll say this. I, I think they're both pretty good. I think they're both good, not great. If I'm being honest, based on what we've seen over the last couple of years, Um, and sometimes when you have players, coaches who are good, not great, there is an advantage for both sides from moving on. Like I don't think there's an obvious, wow, the Raiders must stick with Derek Carr or the Raiders got to move on from John Gruden. I think you could frankly make a case for either. You know, I will say Derek Carr has a very team-friendly contract. They've been able to move on for a while and. That to me is a case for holding on to him unless you can get some trade capital back. Um, because right, there are a lot of teams right now in this league that need quarterbacks and teams with more cap space or who are picking higher in the draft. And now that Stafford's off the table, I imagine we'll talk about that. Um, you know, once you get past Watson, I don't see upgrades from Derek Carr.
0: Mina mm-hmm. Kimes joining us here, of course. NFL Live each and every weekday afternoon, one o'clock on ESPN. So, how much more pressure there is there on Sean McVay now? Because I feel like there was a lot, of, and, and I think rightfully so, being put on the limitations at quarterback. But there's, you know, the narrative that you know Sean McVay is this uh, wizard and a guru, and we love him around here for sure. I think he's great. But how much more pressure is there on him now that he's got this guy as opposed to the other guy?
1: I think there's quite a bit of pressure on McVeigh. I mean, it's become very clear that this was a move that he not only signed off on, but wanted to happen. Um, And I think for a long time, inside the NFL and beyond, the limiting factor in this offense, this football team, forget the offense, has been Jared Goff. That's been the perception that Jared Goff is holding back the team. Jared Goff is holding back McVay's offense. But if a quarterback like Matt Stafford comes in, who they gave up so much for, they've really mortgaged their future uh, with the hopes of winning now, and I don't think necessarily – I actually I like the trade. But if he comes in and he's not successful, the organization is in a really bad spot. And I think Sean McVay will also I, – I don't think that – people will look back on his years with Goff and say, well, maybe we were wrong. Maybe Goff was good all along, but I do think you know, some of the shine will come off of the head coach a bit, Um, and I think it would be fair. I I think the offense is going to be better, and I think it's going to work out on that side of the ball, but it was a risky move, not just for the Rams, but for McVay.
2: You know, it's so funny you say it that way because – I, I feel as if it's almost like a double-edged sword. Problems with Todd Gurley. Well, now we see Todd Gurley was essentially benched with the Falcons and he can't go anymore, All right? So, win yeah. for the Rams overall. Although the narrative was, why aren't you playing Todd Gurley? What's going on? You're not using him right, blah, 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 blah. Brandon Cooks. We know about his concussion history. They didn't want to take a chance on it happening on their watch. Understandable move. Jared Goff the entire conversation has been about what's going to happen with the Rams. No one gives a damn what's going to happen with kneecaps guy and a 25 year quarterback who was just starting in a Bowl two, two seasons ago. Kneecaps so that tells you about even... golf right there. <laughs> <laughs> and
1: yeah. it feels as if every yeah, move
2: you're... that's been made is a sensible move.
1: Yeah, I, I would say, and it also invites the criticism of why did they sign those contracts in the first place? Right. right. Um, Look, the, you know, the reason why we're not talking about golf is the Lions are going to be bad next year, <laughs> frankly. And, even if, and that's even if Jared plays well. It's not a good football team, right? And the Rams and the Lions both, in their respective teams, took pretty sizable dead cap hits because they both wanted different things. The Rams wanted to upgrade at quarterback, and this was a bet on that, and the Lions wanted draft picks. They like Jared Goff. By all accounts, Brad Holmes, who comes from the Rams, thinks he's a good quarterback, but that's not why they did the trade. They wanted the pick. They, they knew they had to move on, and they saw this as the best offer. Um, so, around the, you know, Goff, maybe he'll play well, but more or less than not, he's a bridge quarterback for them because that's a rebuilding team in Detroit. They're the exact opposite of the Rams in terms of their timeline, and that's why both teams were able to get this deal done.
0: Mina, last one for you because we're running out of time, so we got less than a minute here. Uh, who do you got this weekend, the GOAT or the baby GOAT?
1: I got the baby GOAT. Um, I do think you can make a case for the Bucks because they're better in the trenches. But, man, when we've seen Patrick Mahomes, you can spot him nine points. You can spot him 15 points. It's that 15? It doesn't matter. I mean, the guy's just the best quarterback I've ever seen.
2: And why is he the GOAT? <laughs> if he's the best you've ever seen. Well, resume still.
0: He's
1: still a goat. He's
0: just younger. He's a baby goat. Right. Exactly. Uh, Speaking of uh, of animals, uh, bison on your pizza? Yes or no?
2: Thought we left that last week.
1: No, I think no. Okay. That sounds weird. Okay. Okay. And
2: she won Jeopardy.
0: Okay. And that's fine.
1: Uh, Last one for you
0: then. Root beer. Are you in or are you out?
1: Oh, I love a root beer float. Oh, Mina. My childhood. God,
2: Mina. How uh, dare you? How no, can no, you no. Do George, this is good. She validates what we've been saying all along. What's that? Root beer is so bad, you have to put ice cream in it.
1: There, that is true. You have to put ice oh, cream in that's it. That's true. I, yeah, I did say root beer float.
0: Yeah. All right, now you, I feel a little better. Uh, Mina Kimes, check her out each and every weekday uh, on NFL Live, 1 o'clock in the afternoon on ESPN. And subscribe, rate, and review to the Mina Kimes Show with Lenny, her football co- podcast. It's great insight that you hear here and much more expansive. Tons of great guests, and her dog is the star. Um, sorry, <laughs> I mean, he is the star. Uh, follow Mina on Instagram, on Twitter for pictures of her dog as well. And great insight on football <laughs> and the like. Uh, Mina, thank you so much. We'll talk to you soon.
2: Thank you, bye, guys. All
0: right, see ya. There she is, the great Mina Kimes. All right, coming up next, LZ, you and I, we got to talk some hoops. Uh, mm-hmm. I want to get back to this because there is, we told you Dwayne Wade made some comments about LeBron. You're going to want to hear that. And you and I may have a bone to pick with Frank Vogel. We'll talk about all that coming up in just a moment. Stick around. We're back in three minutes.
3: Robert Half Research indicates nine out of ten hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.
0: Sedano and LZ with you here on 710 ESPN. Thanks to Mina Kimes for joining us there. If you missed any part of the show, Mina Kimes, Scott Kaplan. Uh, It's going to be Sedano, LZ and Cap beginning on Monday. We're getting bigger and better around here and of course Mark Spears who joined us earlier for some NBA talk which we'll do some more here now subscribe rate review to the Sedano and LZ podcast congratulations as well to Eugene Jones from LA he won the first installment of the $180 in the mission 18 contest the grand prize will be $1,800 as well, but each and every day for the next 17 more days, we'll be giving away $180. All you got to do is listen at 4:30 for your name and your city, and then you got 20 minutes to call in. Eugene did call in. Laura got his info, but his phone kept crapping out, so Laura was able to hook him up and take care of it. Uh, but you, yeah, get a better use that money for a phone, Eugene. Um, but uh, you can enter the contest still because we got 17 more days. Text the word "mission." Mission is the word to 40705. Mission is the word you text to 40705. So make sure you're tuning in each and every weekday at 4:30. All right, LZ. So before we have uh, a bone to pick with our friend Frank Vogel, uh, Dwayne Wade was on the No Chill podcast with Gilbert Arenas, who is also our pal, who's been on the show before. And Dwayne was asked by Gilbert about LeBron Ramon James having played with him at his peak, right? Or in theory, his peak, right? In the middle of his prime. One of his peaks. Right. One of his multiple peaks. Yes. Uh, There are not a lot of valleys, though, uh, in the land of LeBron. Just a lot of peaks. So, very high elevation, uh, LZ. His valley
2: was an NBA Finals appearance in 2011.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Or, (laughs) right, or 2007. Right. Yeah, exactly. So, He has, uh, it's very high altitude in LeBron land. So Gilbert asked Dwayne about just what he's seeing from him now. And here's what the future Hall of Famer Dwayne Wade said.
4: I was watching the way he played a game. And I got a chance to see him at what we think was his best LeBron in 2012. We feel Mm -hmm. like that was the best LeBron that we've seen, right? And it was at times where maybe everybody on the outside or even inside, you were frustrated because you were like, Just do that. (laughs) Just take a guy to the block. And there were certain things he just wouldn't do at, at certain times. And so now I watch his game and I say, does he have a weakness in his game? And my like star from the rim all the way back to half court, he can do everything, mm-hmm. right? He does everything now. So now he's good at everything. He's shooting high 40 and three points now. And his range is out to the logo, mm-hmm. right? You know he mid-range, he can post you up, he can face you up, he's still gonna dunk on you. He can, He he's, his ability to see the floor now is so much, it's better now because he's seen every coverage. Like it's at the point now where I'm like, I'm looking at this guy I Said I've never seen nobody get better at 36 yep. years old. Like this. This doesn't happen. And I feel like this is the best, as a fan now I'm watching, I think this is the best LeBron that I've seen. And it's not. he's not jumping over, hitting yeah. his elbow on the rim. He's just hitting his right here on the rim now, you know? And, but it's changed, but he's, bro, I've never seen this before. So it's funny, LZ, because to Dwayne's point, like
0: if you remember those days back then, it was Dwayne, like, pushing LeBron, both literally and, phys- and and figuratively, right? Like, always in his ear, like, do this, do this, right? Like, kind of big brother, little brother. And now LeBron, even though, you know, he may not have the athleticism that he had 10 years ago, right? He certainly has more experience and a more well-rounded game than he had even at his most efficient times uh, that he had there, you know, with, with the Heat and Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh. It is wild to think about it in context. You and I talk about it all the time, but I feel like it hits a little different when you hear one of his teammates, who happens to be a guy who's you know a surefire Hall of Famer, a top four or five uh, shooting guard in history, say those kind of things.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think the thing that rings really true about what you know Wade was saying was that there really isn't a weakness to his game. It really isn't. Like, the worst thing he does on the court, he shoots free throws. And his average is average. That's the worst part of his game, his average free throw shooting from a percentile perspective. I think as the game gets tighter, he does have a tendency to split the one-and-ones in the fourth quarter in tight games. Mm -hmm. Um, But even with that, you know, we've seen him, like, knuckle down and knock those two down when he's got to have them. So, when I look at LeBron, and I know that the conversation about eras and, you know, Jordan would have done X, Y, and Z and da da <laughs> da. I don't even want to get into that. The barbershop conversation. E- exactly. Yeah. I'll just simply say we've never seen a 36 year old do anything like this. Mm-hmm. Now, you can do with that information what you want to in the conversation of goats. We've never seen a 36 year old be easily the best player in the league? I don't even think it's a debate. Now, Kevin Durant might be an easier scorer. Um, you know, Andre Drummond might be a better rebounder. Uh, you know, Chris Paul might be the generation's best point guard.
0: Right, Steph Curry's a better shooter, right. Exactly, cetera, but we've
2: yeah. never seen this level of a combination of talent wrapped into one player with still, I would say, 85% of his athleticism. Like this is ridiculous.
0: He is the total package, right? He, like you know, they're,
2: total. They're,
0: yeah, it, it is pretty wild. And to your point, at thirty six, I, I don't remember if it was. There was a game, oh, the ABC game that they played against the Celtics on Saturday night. There was a graphic that compared him to the other guys, the other greats who played at thirty six, right? And we're talking about Kareem, right? Like some of these other guys, and like there are a lot of top 10-type talent, right, that you're talking mm-hmm. about there that they showed on that screen. And even Kareem, who had really, was really impactful at the end of his career still,
2: nowhere near the numbers LeBron nowhere. is putting up at this stage. No. And it's not even just about numbers. Right. It's about responsibility. And the winning. And the winning. Right. But really the responsibility, because even if you can give me some decent numbers, like 15 and 7 and, you know, three assists or whatever – You don't have the responsibility of initiating, dictating, and closing games at 36. LeBron still does. He closed out the game last night, had nine points heading to the fourth quarter, and decided he was tired of both courtside Karen as well as the Hawks and just shut the door on them, both. And I'm just sitting there like going, you're supposed to be handing these moments off. Right? Like, you're supposed to be supporting them. Like, when Paul Pierce was this age, he was supporting the stars. Correct. When, you know, to your point, when Kareem was this age, he was supporting Magic and Worthy. Right. He's not supporting. He's still doing lead roles and sometimes yes. one-man shows. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. 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 It, it really is incredible, and it's unprecedented. So, I hope people appreciate it. What they're watching, right? Well, now. we
2: know who didn't appreciate what they were watching. Yeah, Courtside
0: Karen clearly did not appreciate that. <laughs> That's why
2: I just can't, because I'm just like, the entire league has millions of fans who would give up their children to sit courtside of the game and watch arguably the game's greatest player do his thing, and she has such little appreciation for what she has an opportunity to do in the midst of this pandemic that she decided she wanted to try and be like a real housewife or something. That's why I just can't with her. I'm like, I have very little patience for someone who who is so disrespectful to greatness. I just, you know, I just can't. It just It's offensive to me. All
0: right, we didn't get to our uh, bone to pick with Frank Vogel. It's a very minor bone because they're really good. So we just like we have bone? to find something. Uh, it's just a little bone. little bone, you know, with, with Frank Vogel. We'll get to that, plus how the Rams... And Matt Stafford and Sean McVeigh have a backstory that connects them all and now makes all of this more understandable. There is a backstory between everyone involved that I didn't know about until earlier, uh, you know, I guess yesterday, really, until after the trade happened, that made me realize oh, this was definitely a thing coming for a while. Mm-hmm. So, we'll get into that and why that happened and how it all went down in just a few moments. Stick around for that. We're back in two and a half minutes. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg. Letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't. And win download ESPN bet today what a play
5: must be 21 plus and present in select states gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER terms and conditions apply see app for details
0: so I got a funny story that you're playing pitbull. so Andy Reid told a story today on Fox Sports that they asked him about the Super Bowl right and what it was like last year when they won in Miami and he said you know like what did you do after and he's like oh I stayed up till 4 30 in the morning and they're like well what, what were you we doing? Like, well, we had Pitbull at our celebration party performing the entire <laughs> night, and he went till 4.30, and I'm like, I'm not letting this guy out, out party me on the night I won the Super Bowl. So he was partying with Pitbull until 4.30 in the morning. Wow. Mm. What a great visual, Andy Reid and Pitbull.
2: That is awesome.
0: <laughs> Who would you party with? If you, like, biggest, you know, award of your, of your life, right? Like, oh. biggest achievement. You pick one artist you can party. Now, it's got to, like, I would want someone, like, pitbull in the sense of like someone who is an, an artist who has like festive music so it doesn't have to be him but i would want someone who has music i could dance to or like have fun with
2: so are you saying because i want to make sure i give it give the right answer is it someone who's performing for me and i'm just hanging? yeah yeah
0: performing they're performing okay, too right, yes
2: because right. i was like if i'm just hanging afterwards yeah. after everything's over with I want like a Leslie Jones or somebody like that. Somebody just is buck wild.
0: Right. Well, no, if, Leslie Jones works. She could do stand up for you.
2: Yeah, but she can't do stand up for like five hours. Or something. No,
0: no, right, definitely right. not that. Right, right, right.
2: So, uh, like a performer, who would yeah. I want? Uh, I think I want Kendrick, dog. Yeah. I want, I want Kendrick, man. Yeah. Because <laughs> I, I want to like, like him to hit me with the live show because he uses like live instruments and stuff. But then I also, afterwards, or in between sets or something, I want him to drop me some nuggets of wisdom that pierces through the high that I'll be in, and I'm like going, oh, yeah, I got to remember that when I'm not high anymore. Like, I want the full (laughs) experience. (laughs) You ever had that happen? Like, you're high, and you know, like, you're watching TV, and you know some wisdom is happening, but you're high, so you can't fully appreciate it, but you're aware just enough to try to remember it later? Or is that just me? No, no, it happens. It happens. It's not just you. I'm like, Uh, damn. I was watching Documentary High yesterday, George, and I was like, dang, I hope I remember this. <laughs> 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 that's this that's this sounds point. like some back You gotta write it down
0: in your phone. That's what you got notes for, you know? I'm like, this
2: sounds like some real valuable information. I do hope you
0: I d- remember. <laughs> do, do you not use your notes app on your phone
2: at all? I'm high. I yeah, but that's the exact the time control. to use it. So you don't forget it. I don't know what made me think that I, cause I was thinking if I only do this much, I'll be chill, but it won't impede my ability to like comprehend nor retain. And as the document was going on, I was like, "Oh no, I smoked too much." What did he just say? <laughs> I was like, "Oh man, I might have to watch this all over again now." Dang it! Oh,
0: that's too funny. Um, see, I'm gonna go with so Pitbull's like an easy answer, but I would go with um, I'm gonna go with Drake, but none of the emo songs. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I would want Drake – because I've seen Drake perform, actually. At, all right, so I'm going to name drop. We were just talking about the Dwayne Wade commentary about LeBron. When they won the second title, um, mm-hmm. they were – Drake was performing at Live for Them uh, at a party. So, like, I've seen what that looks like. Yep. Yeah. So uh, that, that would be the, the way I would go. Just because I'm familiar with it is what I would say. Even though I wasn't winning the championship back then.
2: <laughs> no, um, no, no, no. Drake, Drake's a great choice. I was also thinking either Riri or Beyonce.
0: Ooh, I didn't even think of Riri or Beyonce. That would be fantastic. Laura, who would you go with?
2: I would do Bad Bunny or Maluma.
1: Ooh, Bad candy, and I get a good time. I'm with it.
2: Yeah, yeah, that, those mm-hmm. some good choices right yeah, there.
1: I know. Especially
2: the latter one. Or we were talking about this offline.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> bad bad Bunny. I love the Bad Bunny Snoop commercial.
2: Oh, that's really good. Yeah, that one's really good.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, not playa, playa.
2: Yeah, but Bad Bunny's a bad hooper. I was, <laughs> were you in, were you in Chicago last year for the no, All-Star weekend? No, I wasn't. Was so he I bad? And, and you know, I was Was at the celebrity game or whatever. Yeah. And I was like, all right, let me see if this Bad Bunny can ball. Yeah. And I was like, ah, oh, man, his legs ain't right. He ain't pounding the ball right. Oh, no, dude can't ball. Oh, no.
0: Yeah. He needs to get with Carlos Arroyo, the Puerto Rican legend, to teach him how to to ball. Working Um, his game a little bit. So, LZ, you and I had a minor bone to pick with Frank Vogel. You had mentioned Mm -hmm. this during the show meeting.
2: What do you want to see more of? I want to see more of Caruso.
0: I think there's a consensus on that. I think that there is a consensus. Laura, I know we have some audio of Frank Vogel and Caruso. Have that ready for me here real quick. But – I think that, you know, Caruso's get about 20 minutes or so a night, and clearly he's part of the closing lineup, right? Like, yep. And I think that here's the thing, LZ. A lot of people are make – I think people make too much out of being a starter. Now, I do get that there is some cachet, right, that comes with that. But, you know, when you're Alex Caruso and you came from the Oklahoma City and the G League and all that stuff, and you fought your way onto this roster to being an important player to help – you know, win a title and all that. I, at least at this stage, I don't know if I would care about that stuff. I think it, I would prefer to be on the floor when the games are at its peak, right? Or at its crescendo. And to me, that's the last five minutes of any basketball game that's close.
2: I, I What I like, and the reason why I lobby for him or think he should start is because I'm not thinking about him. I'm thinking about LeBron. And I like the idea of having your closer start the game so when the fourth quarter runs around, we can chill. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't like, you know, oh, man, we're hemorrhaging a little bit. Let's bring in Caruso to shore things up. I would much rather start with Caruso so things don't start to hemorrhage out the gate and we can build and sustain leads so when the fourth quarter comes around, LeBron can sit at like the eight-minute mark because we have a nice 15-point lead and we own the game as opposed to bringing in Caruso with eight minutes left to ice the game.
0: Right, 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 right. Yeah, I, you know, but coaches, you know this, man. They, can, they, they, they get to a rotation, and it looks like Frank is starting to shrink that rotation it, here finally, yes, and yes. they love to stick to it. It, it. You know, it's rare that coaches go away. Now, in the playoffs is different. They, they, they can throw different wrinkles, but I'll tell you about in the regular season specifically because that's to your point. Like, I know you want to rest LeBron more. I feel like it, coaches tend to be, um, you know, stick to that stuff like the Bible in some ways, you know?
2: Yep, yep, yep. But I, I do like what he's doing with THT.
0: Yeah. Give him a like run. That.
2: Yeah. Let him let him let him go. Let him like yesterday he took his lumps, you know. Trey Young kinda had him on a string multiple times, drawing easy fouls off of him. Let him get these lumps now. Because when the postseason comes around and we're struggling on offense, that young man can go. Right. And, you know, the more experience he gets during a regular season, the more comfortable he's gonna be in the postseason and he's going to be able to show off his offensive skill. That dude can go.
0: Yeah. No, he, he's a real player. I got he's a, fun a real story. player. I got a fun story about THG. We got a break, but I'll tell it on the other side before we get into what you need to know. Clint Yates is going to stop by at 6 o'clock. We got a lot of stuff to get into with him. He is uh, a little – You know, not so hot on Sean McVay right now, and we'll let him explain that. But real quick, LZ Troy Easter just tweeted us, and of course you can always tweet us at Sedano at LZ Granderson. Says LZ, next time use the notes section on your phone and hit the mic button on the bottom right. Oh,
2: Troy, my dog. Yeah. You write, Holmes. You write. You don't even have have to write.
0: Just speak it, and then you can try to figure out what the hell you were trying to say the next day.
2: Yeah, knowing me, I was on that good flower yesterday. I've been like going, note to self: this part's dope. (laughs) In the <laughs> All right, we got what you need to know. We got Clinton coming up. Stick around. We're
5: back in three minutes. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better with the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit style pizza in the country. There's no competition. Right now, get five dollars off any eight corner pizza with code eight save. That's the number eight. S A V E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza, better because it has to be.
0: What You Need to Know is brought to you by Morongo. Play it safe, good times. I'll get to my THT story in a second, but Greg, what do you got? Uh, So
5: Fred Van Vliet is going off right now for the Toronto Raptors, and George, you just traded for Fred Van Vliet from Steve Mason, as you talked about in Purgatory. Do you still feel like you did not flee Steve Mason? I did not flee
0: Steve Mason because Steve (laughs) Mason we play in a a roto league, which is categories. He needs desperately rebounds and assists and points. And Carl Anthony Towns and Chris Paul are the guys I traded him, um, and they – and those guys will fill up those categories. He's, he's on the door, on the precipice of, of, of being in the, in the, on the teams or the top four teams, which is where the payout happens. Steve will be fine, okay? This is just a one-night thing.
2: LZ, get my back here. Yeah, he got him. <laughs> he took him. But, you know, I do appreciate him trying to make sure on public air – that his ego was saved. But you saw the first question I asked was, who got Michael Porter Jr.? And when you said it was you, I was like going, damn, dude. Why would you get rid of that guy? <laughs> is it a keeper league? It is a keeper league, yeah. I mean, seriously. You Bill belichick checked him.
5: A little bit, little bit. A little bit. Uh, <laughs> all right. The next story comes out. There's a, a wrestler by the name of Rob Van Dam. And he told a story on a podcast called Not About Wrestling about... Um, How he grew up in a haunted house and that he remembers his parents telling him not to be afraid of the ghosts So my question to you guys and we'll start with LZ first a do you believe in ghosts and also B, have you ever Witnessed or been a part of a ghost encounter.
2: Um, I do believe in ghosts Um, I do not believe I've been part of a ghost encounter however, um I am aware that some things felt as if it was paranormal. If that makes sense.
0: Yeah, it does. Now I'm going to say this, and Laura can back me up on this. I'm Hispanic, bro. I respect all of that stuff. Okay. Whether mm-hmm. uh, you know what I'm saying? Like I, I may or may not always believe in it, but I'd sure as hell have a healthy respect for it. I don't think there's any question. Okay. So, um, do I think that? There is something in the afterlife, spirits or whatnot. Uh, yeah, I, I don't th- I Look, I mean, we sure as hell don't know, but there's been plenty of unexplained phenomenons, right, that uh, would lead me to believe that something is going on there in the supernatural. Yes.
5: Laura, do you got a story? I feel like you would have a story.
0: Of <laughs> I it, so have many
1: go. stories. Nah, see, I, Dale, they, give ooh. me something. Okay, the the craziest one was at Alcatraz. When I went, they um we had a tour guide that knew the people that we were with, and they led us up to like the medical ward. Oh my God! The moment I walked in there, I said I had to leave. Like I could not for the life of me be in there because I felt like something was there with me, to the point that I started feeling like lightheaded. So that we did, we had to be escorted out. That was Ooh. probably one of the craziest one. And another one in New Orleans. When I went to New Orleans two years ago, I passed through like this voodoo shop and I almost passed out. It was crazy.
2: Yeah, so I, don't yeah, do I voodoo respect shops that. and stuff. Oh, no, no I
1: didn't go in. I passed through that. You're just walking. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I, I, I didn't go in. At,
2: <laughs> I have stayed at a couple of the quote unquote haunted hotels. Like I did one uh, air, haunted Airbnb in New I've done one here in Arizona, and I can't tell if I'm sensing something or is my anticipation throwing off everything so that it f- I feel like I'm sensing something, even though there's nothing there.
0: Uh, by the way, John Ireland is trying to stir the pot here. He has just texted me, uh, Steve Mason, Lindsay, and uh, Jorge Briones, uh, their show unit, and said, Fred Van Vliet is correct. 46 points at three quarters. Mason, you got fleeced. Eye emoji, fire emoji, <laughs> uh, wow Im- uh, face emoji.
5: Is that the right usage of the eyes? That's the real question. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely.
0: Right, (laughs) LZ?
2: Well, yes, it's not for some random game that doesn't matter in the middle of a third quarter.
0: And I wrote back, Mace, you'll be fine. Cat and CP3 to the moon. Okay, I'm telling you, Mace is going to be fine. It's going to work out for both of us. How about that?
2: Ooh, to the moon reference. I like it. Yeah. I feel like Mace is Detroit in this, but go ahead.
0: All right, that is what you need to know. Brought to you by Morongo. Play it safe. Good times. Is our pal Clinton Yates there yet?
2: Hello, Clinton.
0: Hello, Clinton.
6: Stories. And I said, I don't have one and I don't want one either because I thoroughly and summarily respect the paranormal on no all doubt. levels. So no doubt. That's, that's where we are.
0: Yeah. I, do you do you have an actual encounter though, or something? That not to my knowledge,
6: there? but I'm not the kind of person that thinks I'm too. You know what I listen to a lot actually. What is that show, uh, Coast to Coast? That overnight like Oh yeah, show? bro. Yeah. Like I'm that George weird Norrie. kid. I'm that weird kid that used to listen to that all the time, like as a child in like middle school and stuff. So, you so know, fun,
0: yeah. funny story for you and Greg can attest to this. When I worked for Fox Sports Radio, um, it was owned by Clear Channel Communications at the time, mm-hmm. and um, You know, Art Bell was the original host of that show. Right. And then George Norrie took over. And now I worked in Miami at the time for the company. I used to do the overnight show at the same time. And our show became very popular because literally the only things on at that time were (laughs) – um, and we were doing like this crazy morning zoo in the middle of the night. It was ridiculous with Karen nice. Kay, who uh, works traffic for us. She was my update person. Okay. And Greg was one of the. the we three are so deep p- in
6: radio chalk talk right now. I love this. By the way, the
0: three of, I had three different producers over the years, and Greg was one of them. He was the last one, and. Um, you know, people used to tell me, like, I had this <laughs> this conversation with, with multiple people um, over the years that they were like, dude, I used to catch that show either when I was late at night, coming home from, like, the bar, whatever, this, that, and the other. Um, and they would listen because, like, it was either that or alien talk with George Norrie or ghost talk with George Norrie or, like. Boring talk with some other sports networks that were on at right. that particular time. So, uh, so yeah, I feel. And so we used to see Nori in the hallway all the time. Like, oh, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. So your boy, wow. I, we used That's to run great. into him. Whenever I, I was well, in LA, speak- I would run into him.
6: Speaking of radio chalk talk, congrats on the new setup. Really liking moving from the two man game to the three man weave. Listen, two on two basketball is where, you know, movies like White Men Can't Jump thrive. But my actual favorite, favorite form of hoops, real life actual chalk talk. Three-on-three three half court, that to me is the best basketball to play and watch. Ooh. It's super LC? fun. And it tests you more than anything if you're actually playing, 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 and you're on the court.
2: Um, three-on-three is harder than full court. I Correct. would definitely say that. I would definitely say that, but full court is still my favorite game to play. Okay. I like the space. Man, I like yeah. the space of a, three, of a full court game versus
0: three-on-three. Three. Yeah. Three-on-three, three, though. I'm, there's not a lot of room speaking, in there sometimes.
2: Especially if I'm, like, in a group with, like – you know, guys in their thirties, whatever. Generally speaking, I'm still faster than most people who guard me, so I like having that uh, advantage. So
5: you need
6: you need a little extra real estate on the runway. To I get like, a, I get like that advantage.
2: Yeah. I, and I, I do think that advantage has dissipated quite a bit. But uh, certainly when I was younger, ops. Oh,
6: Nice. I mean, I'll tell you quickly. I'll tell you quickly why three on three matters to me. And this is a total aside. But basically, at my high school, if you played on the team, obviously you played the games for the school. But we used to do a tournament every spring where it was not just the guys on the team. If you were on a squad like us, you got to pick your team and you could pick anybody in the school. And you played, like, an outdoor three-on-three tournament that lasted, like, a couple of weeks. So, like, if you were a good player, but for whatever reason, you couldn't get, get it together to play on a squad, or you could pick a younger person or obviously somebody on the girls' team or whatever. Like, and so three-on-three became this, like, form of basketball that I really just sort of love. And that was part of the reason why I love the game now.
2: So, that's that. I, I love like, it. you got to be able to play. Yeah, dog. <laughs> to play three-on-three. Like, you, mm-hmm. have to, you have to know ball. Yeah. You have to appreciate the fundamentals. you got to be able to shoot. you got to play defense. Like, it's for real. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's why I like it.
0: Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of strategy, certainly, that goes into Uh, three-on-three. Clinton, let me ask you this. Yeah. We're watching Clippers-Nets right now. It's a close game, 68-67. Clippers are leading at the moment with seven minutes to go in the third. Who is the bigger title contender between these two teams?
6: I still think it's the Clippers. Um, I just feel like the Nets have, for me, the big difference between these two teams, even though they're at sort of different points, is the coaching. I think that Steve Nash is in a position as a rookie coach, not just a rookie coach, but a guy who had no head coaching experience previously coming in with, I don't want to say a hectic situation, but volatile at the least, not just in terms of the characters he's dealing with, but just figuring out how to play. You know, um, Kyrie coming back has obviously been excellent. He's still a wizard with the basketball. They score a lot of points, but then they turn around and lose the game to the dag on Wizards, and you're like, what are you doing? How does this happen? You know, and so they still got some things to figure out. But for me, the Clippers are still stronger as a result of that. I just think that they have a more – even if their top side isn't better, I think their their product and what they know how they're doing is a little bit more consistent at this point.
2: No, I mean, I'm with you, man. I, like, I, I watch them and I think they're entertaining and it would be really shocked that they made it to the Eastern Conference Finals mm. because their defense is so bad and there's literally like no one on that coaching staff, to your point, who can tell them what they need to do defensively. Right. You know, and it's
6: like, it's too bad because they're really talented. You know, they're really they're, they're really, really, really really good. Talented. I just don't I don't think they're going to make a run. I don't
0: know. So, with the Lakers, yeah. It, it, I mean, we're nitpicking at this point, right? Like,
6: <laughs> this is always my beef, George. You know that every Laker fan nitpicks every week, but that's a good problem to have.
0: Yeah, for sure. But what, what what would you like to see? Like, LZ has stated numerous times, and I'm sure you know you've been on here when we've talked about it, right? Like, mm-hmm. he'd like one more big man, right? Like to kind of give them the facet that they had last season to go compl- to compliment Gasol, right? Like, wh- What is it that you're seeing from them that you think could be improved? Um, what are you seeing from them um, that has surprised you? Like, is there anything in that realm?
6: Well, okay. There's number one. First of all, I can't believe you guys got me through this many minutes at the Dagon show, and we haven't talked about courtside Karen. I'm offended. That's okay. a different discussion. But we don't really I think there's two things. I think that first of all, Schroeder to me has been incredible. I love that pickup at the time, and I like it even more now. But I, I this is going to sound terrible to say, but I, I, need a little bit more load management. Like I, I don't want LeBron James to have to play this many minutes a night, you know, in order for them to win games and. I, you know, it's fine. So, Caruso stepping up is a good thing. But, like, I, I, for, for, for whatever reason, I just want to kind of shut down. And I don't want to say shut down LeBron. It's just that every time he's out there, I think, man, I can't wait to get to the playoffs. Man, I can't wait to get to the playoffs. Man, I can't wait to get to the playoffs. And he's, got that, he's at that age now where, not that something could happen, but, you know, I, I think about that. I can't believe I've been deprogrammed to the point where I'm actually building in load management into my thoughts about the NBA playoffs. But that's real. That's where we are in 2021. LZ? Did we lose LZ?
0: I think we lost him. Did uh, LZ
6: hit Granddaddy Perp? Did he show up to the door? <laughs> is that what just happened?
0: Maybe. I don't
2: know.
6: Chloe,
0: uh, Are you there okay.
6: now? There I was, we go. I was trying
2: to talk, and I was like, is anyone listening to me?
0: No,
6: we couldn't
2: hear you. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good.
0: Um, do you have anything to add or, or no?
2: Well, shoot, man. I was trying to add it, and then like the moment I missed Feel it. Feel free. Just say it now. <laughs> Now
0: that people can hear you.
6: We got ghosts. We got all sorts of things in the machine these days. But yeah. So hold on. You know what? Forget that. Let us talk about Karen. Because oh, Jesus, there is no. a very simple Seriously. stance on this that I am uh-huh. going to take up with what I'll just call our label mate, Ramona Shelburne, who said this on Around the Horn today. Oh, I is did that, hear this. Yes. Did you hear this? Which is yes. that this was very plainly a Real Housewives of Atlanta audition. Yeah. And I texted her about it. And I said, and you know what it was on top of that? It was a good one. Okay, I will watch that human being yell at her socialite counterparts on the air, very much on Bravo. Okay, it was excellent as far as that's concerned. The safety protocols are obviously completely ridiculous and unsafe, and I'm kind of just putting that aside because I don't want to constantly think about that. Okay, but as far as what she was going after, which was the prime social media real estate, mission accomplished. Check out the font on her apology. That's a classy lady when it comes to how to present herself. Okay. <laughs> I was impressed with her work as far as that was concerned. But you've got to be safe. you got to keep the mask on. That would have all been a lot better. But alas, that's where I am on that.
0: Okay. Fair enough. Um, all right. Let's take a quick break. we got more of Clinton on the other side. Because Clinton, I teased earlier. Uh, <laughs> I, I heard didn't, it. I didn't give away our conversation. But <laughs> I, I teased earlier that you perhaps uh, have, uh, uh, you know, a bone to pick with, uh, with Sean McVay. Okay? So we, we will have that discussion about Stafford coming to the Rams and uh, your thoughts, I guess, on one uh, Sean Parker McVay. And I, again, totally made up that middle name, but it feels <laughs> like it fits. Uh, it feels like he's a Sean Parker McVeigh. Uh, nonetheless, Clinton will stick around. Join us in a few moments. This portion of the show is brought to you by Lyman Health Plan. Okay? Lyman Health Plan is changing health care one person at a time. So more Clinton. We're back in three minutes.